Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to Thrush and Treasure, the torture chamber musical comedy podcast that wreaks havoc on your Spotify algorithms. Speaking of reeks, I'm Aaron, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host on a different co-host. He is the very model of the Team Metal General. Say g'day to Evan. How you doing? <laughs> g'day. G'day. I kind of really, really want a, um, a barbecue shape, but I can't because if I touch them with my fingers and I can't touch my face because I might get a pimple. <laughs> I found that was carbs. I cut out the carbs and I stopped getting pimples. No, it's greasy fingers because pimples are caused by pores on your face that when the grease gets in the pores and it gets infected, that's what makes a pimple. Don't you remember the Clearasil commercials where they would show us the animated cream going into the pore and washing out the greasy (laughs) bullshit on the inside? I kept my medical advice from commercials. That's where I learned how a pimple was formed. And ever since then, I'm like, I'm not touching my face ever again with greasy fingers. So I will wash my hands after every bit of food, even if I've used a knife and fork. Because I want to be able to touch my face. I want to be able to like scratch an itch or whatnot, Um, which then I wanted to scratch an itch. And so, of course, I did it with my sleeve because I've just picked up a packet of barbecue shapes. So, yeah, no, I I typically eat things with like tongs. (laughs) So I'll be like sitting here with a packet of chips and I'll be eating from that with tongs. Um, and or like biscuits, I will eat like a Pez dispenser. <laughs> and I'll push one out at a time and just have one biscuit at a time from the packet, like it's a fucking Pez dispenser. <laughs> yes, he's he's single, fellas. He's single. <laughs> Come and get him. <laughs> oh, no wonder. But that would just make it fun. Don't you think like dating someone that's so goddamn ridiculous that you would just sit there laughing at them trying to navigate a packet of fucking biscuits? Uh, I don't about every day. Of course. Well, I don't eat biscuits every day. Like before I was was drinking from this. Sorry, what? I was drinking from my shapes mini bites like it was a fucking cup. (laughs) I'm not even joking. I'm sitting here like just going like. Oh yeah, how how else do you get the the um shit at the bottom? Well, it it's not though. Like it's still full. It's not safe to drink shit like that. Like that's solids. I could choke on that. What if a whole bunch of crumbs goes down my throat and I choke? Oh, speaking of which. We had KFC yeah. on Saturday night. There was a fucking chicken feather in it. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I saw that. Help! Someone fucked up a pluck. I was stuck in lockdown and all this shit keeps happening to me. <laughs> oh, it's not fair. But anyways, guess what? What? We have a comedy diva in the studio today. And you bet I'm ready to sit down for his stand-up. Our next guest sizzled on the screen as the studly Detective Simmons in the 1993 blockbuster Miami Shakedown, only to... Oh, hang on, wait. Wrong, wrong. Hang on. Our next guest made his debut in 2020's The Big Bad... 
no, wait, wrong IMDb again. <laughs> oh, shit, here. Adam Richards shot into stardom in the cult adult film Dr. Hooters, where he was resurrected as... Hang on, that's... Wait, which Adam Richard are you? <laughs> None of those. None of... Oh, fuck. Oh, hang on, here we go. Of course. This guest blazed a path for all young LGBTQ plus comedians down under as he became a household name in the 2000s with regular appearances on some of Australia's most loved comedies, such as Rove Live, The Project, Spicks and Specs, Can of Worms, and the hilarious 9am with David and Kim. Known to many as one of our funniest antipodes, this influential nerd is known to most as that guy from TV. And it wasn't until 2013 that he truly made a splash in the Ballyflop Celebrity Splash Australia, which wasn't as rough as his landing in Celebrity Dog School. But jokes aside, this lovable comedian has also created and starred in the nerderific Outland, where he played Fab, which is short for the fabulous Adam Richard, because guess what again? What again? Our next guest is none other than comedian, writer, actor, podcaster, diver, and hard quiz question compiler, who's here <laughs> today to solve the riddle of the medal. It's the star of Val May the Visitor from Beep 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 Bleedlebox 967, whatever the fuck that is, the funniest man in Australia. It's the fabulous Adam Richard. Welcome oh, to the torture chamber. Thank you. you. It's lovely to be in here, being tortured with my IMDb page. Yes. <laughs> and, and your wiki. I have to go to the monkeys with wiki. typewriters as well because... Gonna get at least one thing wrong there. This is all coming from a, a very small Zephod Breeble box in the corner there. <laughs> no he's, idea what. He's like, who? What? Yeah. yeah. Dude. Because <laughs> obviously I do my research. That was an animated film that uh, I think it was a graduate piece at the RMIT okay. uh, animation um, oh, shit, school. Sorry. No, it wasn't. I was just asking in it. I was no, sorry the to the filmmakers. I'm sorry to offend you, kids. <laughs> it's it was meant to be a stupid name. <laughs> okay. That's all right then. It's a it's my it's my animation <laughs> work. Because I worked in radio, I did a lot of weird voiceovers and ads and all that kind of malarkey when I was doing yep. the radio. Yes, I've been a bit of a fixture on the Australian media for quite some time. I know, I'm, a, I'm annoying. I'm like, a, like an infection. <laughs> I described you the other day as a serial guest. Yeah, I'm a serial guest. <laughs> All I could find on you was just appearing on other people's shows. Well, every time anyone wanted me to host a show, I'm like, nah, I don't want to host it. <laughs> like, I hosted a lot of stand-up, but I just much prefer being the second banana. Like, okay, no responsibility. Just come in, have fun, and then pay yeah. off before anyone has to uh, get sick of you. Also, there's a lot of work involved in hosting. Like, I've co-hosted Studio 10 a couple of times, and that is hard work. And they don't pay you. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my gig. I'm not even I getting paid, and I do all the fucking work. <laughs> you do all the work, you don't get paid. I just rock up when I'm told to. Exactly. I don't get paid either. You you get to listen to CDs, music that is not, you know, employee oh. in your job where you're actually getting paid. And while I'm sitting here writing introductions <laughs> like that, um, but obviously we had uh, had a, a joke ourselves about one of your IMDb credits. I can't even fucking say it. Um, being wrong. The very first one. The Miami Shakedown. I know. I would have been 21, 22 when that movie came out. So I was nowhere near Miami. <laughs> it's just always yeah. been there. And I've never bothered to correct them because I find it hilarious. 
<laughs> well, I, I figured, you know, Adam Richard, that's obviously your, your first and middle name, and that's very common. Um, yeah. And so I did a search for other Adam Richards, and there, there was a couple, um, but you, you are the number one. Adam Sandler is uh, Adam Richards. He Sandler. is. He is. That's, that's what kept coming up on bloody Google. I know. It's And uh, some DJ? What, who's some famous DJ? Is Adam Richards something? I have no idea. He's obviously not that famous. <laughs> no, no, like a proper one. Like when you hear the name, you'll be like, oh, that guy. But I can't remember his name. Like seriously, I have, after 10 years of doing breakfast radio at commercial radio, I... Just all information about any pop music has left my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you've come to the right show for that. We, well, we, yeah, you have because we don't cover pop music. But, you know, so we're back in lockdown for those at home. Um, well, at the moment of recording, this will air in a, in a few weeks' time. So who God only knows what fucking state the world is in by then. <laughs> um, and I swear to God, if I haven't seen Tommy... By the time this airs, so this is a message to myself, if I have not seen Tommy because mm-hmm. it got cancelled because of COVID, and if I haven't had both of my vaccinations, which I've got, got my first in a couple of days, Aaron, go scream out the fucking window or something because, oh, my God, just hurry up already. <laughs> I've waited 20-something years to see Tommy. Nothing oh, is no. nothing is making me I, I will track it down and I will strangle it with my bare hands. <laughs> I don't care if I get it. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> so have you been keeping yourself busy in lockdown? Me? Yes, our guest. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of PlayStation. Like I so up until like I was going to go I was meant to be on holidays at the moment. Mm-hmm. I have been foolishly doing full-time uni and full-time work, which was only meant to be like a two-week overlap and then because of various rolling lockdowns and production schedules getting moved, I ended up doing 10 weeks of overlap and it almost drove me crazy. And yeah, so I, that all kind of finished. I was like, I'm going to Queensland. I'm going to go and hang out with my mates and on the Gold Coast and have a great... And anyway, now I've been locked in my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I was going to ask, how's the running going? Oh, I haven't done much running lately. I've been like... I did a half marathon, not last year, year before. Oh, God, I was... Why? Well, just because I could. <laughs> so I lost like 40 kilos and everyone always said to me, like, when you lose weight, you'll have so much energy. And I was like, clearly you've failed science because that's what fat is. It's stored energy. Yeah. Shit loads of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just not using it. Um, but I, I did. I was like twitchy and couldn't sit still when I lost like all that weight really quickly. And so I just started running because I thought, well, this might get it out of my system. And then after about six months of just occasionally running i ended up doing a half marathon only because i got to go over the sydney harbour bridge yeah. <laughs> i was like oh my god i want to go over the bridge this is gonna be fun yeah. and then all the rest of it and it was fine until i got to about i think the 17 kilometer mark and then i was like ah oh, there's four more i don't know if i can do four more <laughs> whereas now i'm struggling to get through four <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just kind of just running on the spot in the lounge room mainly is my only oh. exercise. Because there's too many, when you go outside, because there's nothing else to do, like it seems busier than being at a concert going to the park. Like I'm terrified mm. of bumping into 14 people. So I'm weary of running at the moment. I um, quite often will just go around the shops so I go at 5am so I don't have to. Oh, 5am, that's sensible. It's, oh yeah, because uh, as I was just telling the podcast a couple of hours ago, um, Recently, I went to the shops at 5am and I got stopped by a couple of ice addicts. Oh, fun. So that was fun. Yeah, that was on Yay. my way back too. So Yay. yeah, that's a, 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 and there's another guy that keeps following me and he's just really creepy and scary. But so I need to start carrying um, pepper spray, which I don't have. So I actually carry deodorant because I figured <laughs> that's going to blind him anyways. 
So literally walking with a can of deodorant in my hands. I would not want a face full of Brute 33 either. No. No. Oh, worse, <laughs> no. it's Lynx. Oh, that's so, not deodorant. Oh. That's an, uh, that's offensive. Just Exactly. So levels. it's going to add insult to injury. <laughs> it w- literally will. <laughs> exactly. So anyways, let's move on with the show because otherwise we three dudes chat a bit. Anything and everything. Oh, yeah. God, yes. we could we could do 2000 AD for most of the day, I'm we sure. Could, we could talk about comics no. for about a day and a half. No, no, no. So <laughs> yep. this time, um, Evan, you have chosen for us. Oh, well, I chose the absolute classic uh, 1983 ZZ Top's Eliminator. Yeah? Okay. I just, I, I just have to correct you. As from someone who works at the ABC, it's ZZ Top in this country. It is. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And Adam, you have just completely ruined my whole review. Sorry. All four pages worth. I have to go how they say it. They say ZZ Top, it's ZZ Top. I know, they do say ZZ Top. ZZ, and it's JZ. I've been, I say JZ. Weirdly, I've been watching Bones, you know, the TV series Bones, Uh which is on the Disney Plus. I've just been popping it on when I'm doing stuff. And Billy Gibbons plays the dad of one of the characters, mm, but like yeah. as himself, he plays himself. She's yes. like, "Oh, don't freak out when you see my dad. He's a bit famous." It's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> was I was like, "Oh my god!" There's, I'm having weird confluences in my life. Listening to this album, and then he yeah. turns up in in my daggy murder show. <laughs> Anyways, I have written a review. So yes, I, I chose ZZ Top, and I and I assume you're just gonna shower us with just how much you loved it. And how awesome all of the guys are. Yeah, of course. You know what what show you're on. <laughs> yeah. All right. He's going to have to love one of these eventually. When I first saw the cover, I wondered if ZZ tops, because I heard he bottoms. Oh, dear. Anyway, so I pressed play on Spotify and got my hopes up when I saw the song title. But sadly, Gimme All Your Loving was not the Queen Madonna song of the same name. Then track two got me under pressure. Got me hopes up that this would be the Queen and David Bowie's song of the same name. But unlike Freddie, this is a bit soft because a bitch needs a hard top. <laughs> Anyways, sharp dressed man. Why, thank you. When I Need You Tonight came on, I had to wonder because this album is now in excess of three songs that aren't covers. <laughs> and yet again, numeracy skills are lacking in numerous bands as I got the sixth was the fifth. And next, Legs, well, Legs are underrated, but this song is not. When Thug came on, I had to wonder if he's single, because TV dinners is next, and when you're as unlovable as I am, every dinner is sat in front of the TV. I mean, what else is there to look at? My family? A track nine? Dirty dog? Why are you following me? Shout out to Annie. (laughs) But then the title, If I Could Only Flag Her Down, made me think, Jeez, no wonder women think men are entitled. (laughs) This is odd because then I see the title Bad Girl and I think, wow, my kind of lady. As for a score, I gotta say, I was kind of actually really bored. For a band so well known, I was expecting something to live up to their namesake, but all I got was a slightly melodic power bottom. Two stars. Oh, how many is that out of? Five. I am. Um, I was, yeah, really disappointed because I've heard of ZZ Top and I know how popular they are. And I, I like, they're familiar, but I was bored. Oh. And I sorry. had to go through this 10 times while in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Shout out to Michael Douglas in Falling Down. I tell you that. <laughs> no, that's terrible. I should probably cut that out of this, the episode. I could have said Joker, but you know. <laughs> Is this one of your favourites, Evan? Like that of all time? Oh, how can you? How can you not love this album? <laughs> I grew up on this album. I mean, it, my main point, which I will try and get to is that in this album they have written at least three possibly four songs that are still played on the radio today mm -hmm. 40 years later you goddamn legs is probably going to live forever yeah give me all your love is going to probably live forever the sharp dress man will probably live forever as well you know it'll still appear in a movie uh, yeah. or a show somewhere uh, as a callback to airheads you know if you're if your goal in life is to write a song that lives forever they've freaking done it and they did yep. it in this album. Can I just cut you off there? There are so many things like Sunday in the Park with George, Rent, that are all about <laughs> writing that one song or creating that one piece of art. And you went with Airheads. <laughs> yes, I did. Brendan Fraser, how can you not go with Airheads? I am so embarrassed. <laughs> I, I just want to say, though, I... oh, it's a classic film. We'll get onto that one later. Yeah, Legs, I was unfair too. I actually. That song was all right, but I do. I, I would look forward to the sequel, Eliminator Two: Judgment Day. Oh yeah, the, it's, this is problematic now. This album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It's okay, so convince me why I'm to like this album. There was, there was. Okay, it's 1983. Um, you're talking Billy Jean had just come out a few months earlier. What they did with this is again it's 1983 so there's not a lot of computers around there's not a lot of even you know effects going on and they went into i think it was called ardent studios and ardent studios had just splashed out on all the latest gear and they just had this wall of knobs and with uh, you know phone <laughs> yes. book size instruction that sounds like something i would be into this is not one of your favorite nightclubs this is a recording studio with a wall of knobs that actually who you needs a nightclub? All you need is a glory And I'll just stop just... now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, you put your anyway, foot in it. You... Stop saying knobs. <laughs> Dials. Um... I know. And twiddling knobs. Sliders. Yeah. But that's, that's literally what, what Billy Gibbons, uh, this is literally how Billy Gibbons described it, is they just went in there and started twiddling knobs. <laughs> well, at least one of us is. <laughs> anyway, so it turns out, yeah, so it um, it turns out they've got, you know, um, sequences and synthesizers and, and things that can record loops. And um, and they start playing with um, electric drums, electric bass lines, um, and doing, you know, a, quite a technological recording that they've never really done before. Um, and a lot of bands had never really done before. They didn't have access to this kind of equipment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that came to a bit of an issue where... Reportedly, the the bass player and the drummer only had to be there for about half the time because they were sequencing it. And uh, funny thing is, I didn't I didn't really notice listening to this album again that and then reading about it, knowing that you know half of it is actually electronic in in '83. Mm. Who knew? Um, so much so that um, Lyndon Hudson, the sound technician who helped them do all this gear, ended up getting writing credits for some of the songs. And getting paid out something like six hundred thousand dollars in wow. royalties because he programmed the bass and drums for the songs that are making the money and he got yeah. no he got no credits and he got no royalties yeah. he had to fight for that oh wow um but at the end of the day this thing has sold 
or well, as up to 96, sold 10 million albums in uh, the US alone. I'm not sure what the total, no, they've sold 50 million total um, in their career. Um, they've, you know, these, these albums are going diamond. So it's like platinum 10 times. It's just incredible. Like to think that, what would that be? One in 30 Americans have either have bought this album at some point in their life. It, it's huge. Yeah. Just, there are crazy. a lot of rednecks in America. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't surprise yeah, They pulled some massive numbers on this. And yeah. That, oh, oh, that was the other thing. The They did a bit of research at the start and someone figured out that some of the most popular songs on the radio in the 80s um, were 120 beats per minute, which is, you know, walking yep. pace. Yeah, that's my normal heart rate sitting here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so most of the album is around that that walking pace, 120 right. beat rhythm. So you get those really catchy. That's why it all kind of like barrels along and you're like, oh, is it finished? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> just put that on. Pretty much the same tempo. This They've yeah. said many times this album's all about tempo and timing. Um, and I guess have, making all the drums and bass electronic certainly yeah. helps with that. Um, but no, it's just an absolute classic album. I don't know anyone who could hate this other than that guy there. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hate it. I was indifferent. I was disappointed. I was expecting something akin to the Black Album or even Tommy, which I think is the greatest album. Something that is so transcendent beyond the genre. Yeah, that's why it's so massively yeah. popular. And I just didn't get it. If you think about it as a tilt at a pop album, which essentially it was, like they'd always been a guitar rock band uh, mm-hmm. and quite big in their kind of niche area but obviously going in and using electronic electronic equipment and sequencing and kind of paying close attention to the beats per minute and stuff means okay we're having a tilt at pop we're gonna mm-hmm. try and release a pop album so as a pop album it is a great guitar rock album <laughs> <laughs> like the pop elements are fine like but it it really like and I love the fact that, you know, they'll get they'll do a three minute song, only two minutes of which is has has any vocals in it, and the last full minute is just like it's just it's just gonna be guitar shredding, like until the end. Like uh, I got the six, it's like seriously, it's two minutes of singing and then it's like, okay, I've got the Les Paul, I'm gonna go crack it. <laughs> it's like and the guitar work on this album is superlative uh, like it is spectacular it's so precise yeah and uh, there's um i feel like the there's some really inventive bass playing on um is it the thug song like the it's like just down the end there's all this kind of like mm-hmm. really like bass note shredding going on which is like what is happening in this song it's berserk but i love that it kind of seems to straddle it almost straddles like rock, blues, R&B and jazz to an extent. Like it's it's kind of, you know, coming at a very structured song and going, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this instead of what's meant to be happening. But yeah, like the only one that I kind of was a bit thinking about was I Need You Tonight, where the vocals get a little bit strained, a little bit ropey. But to make up for that, it, it is a six minute song. There are three and a half minutes of absolutely rocking guitars to make you forget about any any vocal issues that have been going on earlier it's it is yeah it's it's a guitar album it's a great guitar album because that is their stock in trade that's what they do they they make great guitar music and the guitars are played wonderfully like you, you there are points of the album where you're like oh are they singing again 
get back to the guitar playing but yeah it's it's great it's uh yeah 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 well i mean this is they're into their eighth album yeah. by this point you know they're seasoned seasoned players for many yeah. years just and that's this is just one of their one of their peaks yeah i i guess you would say but, but they're still freaking going know. you know they could still hold a guitar and they're gonna prop them up on a yeah. chair and say freaking go for it and they'll <laughs> still be able to turn this out yeah it's it's really skilled like i had to do Jimi hendrix as a topic on hard quiz to research and that gave me a whole new appreciation for you know inventive guitar playing mm. and i think i had gibson guitars as a topic just recently so yeah it, i've discovered this whole new love for guitar music which i never really had before in my life so especially working at a pop radio station there's very few guitars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that i heard that aren't just samples um, <laughs> but yeah it's uh this i really i enjoyed this album a lot more than i thought i would and i knew the hits because i'm old i was 12 years old in 1983 and you know you had to know all the songs in the charts when you were that age <laughs> and a 60 year old adjacent <laughs> So yeah, I knew that I knew the hits, but yeah, listening to the full album, I'm like, oh, I had never paid this much attention to the ZZ Top and how meticulous their guitar work is. Just spectacular, amazing. It's it's. I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. You know, there's a like most most albums in the '80s. There are at least four songs at the end of the album that probably we could live without. <laughs> they start to all sound the same like tv dinners starts to sound like all of the other songs but then it's like the lyrics are fun and just when you think it's too samey you know it's there's guitar shredding going on that you're like oh okay we're back <laughs> we're back to our core our, our core skills again I, I gotta admit i'm a big fan of tv dinners just, I, don't, I don't know why what it is it's 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 because it kind of changes things up a little bit but then also weirdly sounds the same <laughs> Yeah, and all the singles you've heard so many times over. Sorry, isn't that thematic to TV dinners that they all taste yes, the same anyways? That is. So anyways, go, Evan. <laughs> I just wanted to add a dumb comment in, that's all. No, that's a, that's maybe that's what they were thinking. They've, yeah. Maybe that melody line and gone, this just sounds like all of our other same. Like, this just sounds like a TV dinner. Oh, let's make that the song. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, maybe my dumb comment was something intelligent maybe after all. <laughs> Sorry. Go, Evan. You know what? No. Punchlines. Got to get it in. Comedians can't take us anywhere. <laughs> I didn't call myself a comedian in front of an actual legitimate comedian. I'm going to go back into my box right now. I haven't done stand-up in three years. It's all fine. That's all right. We've all been sitting down for exactly. the past year and a half anyway. So, Comedy's in the eye of the beholder. If someone thinks you're a comedian and that only someone is you, then you're a comedian to yep. that person. <laughs> yep. I don't typically call that myself, but... It felt right in the moment for some reason. Anyways, Evan, on with your intelligent analysis of this album. No, I, God, I, I, I think we've we've both praised yeah. it a hell of a lot. It's I a, mean, it's a great album. It's fun. It's, it's gonna live. It's gonna live forever. It and the, I mean, the car. I still want that car. <laughs> that car looks like it's gonna require a lot of upkeep. I don't even know if they make the parts anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's sitting in a. It's it's either in a museum or in someone's garage. They they built that thing. Is that the car from Christine? <laughs> The Stephen King movie. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not good with cars. My I, my car was bought in Adelaide. I bought it in Melbourne, but it was built in Adelaide, and uh, now it's impossible to get parts for. So it's a nightmare. 
Yeah, if it was born in Adelaide, does it have all its teeth? It 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 has most of them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Adelaide. Built in Elizabeth, which is you know the bit of Adelaide even Adelaide doesn't like. <laughs> the people of Elizabeth though are delightful. Don't listen to those Adelaideans. They don't know what they're on about. I, I don't know. I've been to Port Adelaide, and I didn't get on the train and go into Adelaide. Let's right. just say that I stayed at Port. Just for the footy. No, for the cruise ship. Oh. Yeah. No, everyone had gone. Like I can walk around. And, and do whatever I wanted. No one was peeing in the pool that day, except me. <laughs> Anyways, that's probably too much information. I didn't pee in the pool because I don't swim in the pool on cruise ships because I know the type of people that swim in them. Right. I've only ever been on a cruise ship from Melbourne to Sydney. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's like a night. Yeah, that's, I know. That's... And uh, I was working. It was a gig. I <laughs> had to perform six times in that, in that one day. <laughs> It was hectic. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, crap. Yeah, no, it's... And luckily for us, Adam's been writing a blog for, what, 16 years something or something? Like it's very irregular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a wealth of information in there. I did, I've been doing a bit of binge reading. Uh, also, I've been podcasting for the last 10 years, so, you know, there's a lot out there. Some of us waited to lockdown to do ours. If you if you ever want to know about my horrific sex life, uh, uh, I did a podcast called The Poofcast for about <laughs> mm. for a number of years with uh, Toby Sullivan and Scott Brennan, and we were very frank yep. about a lot of things. Really? I'm fairly certain if I want to know any grotty details, I'll slide into your DMs, Adam. <laughs> anyway. I wasn't even sure if I was able to say the name of the podcast, or is that your word that I'm not allowed to say? <laughs> I know it. It seems it seems problematic now, but back then it was fine. <laughs> That's what I'm worried about with um the certain music show, which I did actually mention in the introduction, and hated myself for it because I know we've got a predominantly American audience now. Um, the BJ's released a song called "Spicks and Specks." We mm -hmm. know we are well aware that that is an offensive term. In this context, it is not meaning that. So. Well, that's like whenever I was yeah when I was on the show, I only ever called it "Spicks and Specks." Like uh, some people would yeah. shorten it, but yeah. I would always say the entire title because I was like, well, I don't want anyone to be offended. <laughs> Joan Rivers apparently was asked to do it and was like, well, I wouldn't do that. That's, that's racist. <laughs> really? Oh, shit. We'll call it Specs. Let's call it Specs. Were you on the John Waters episode? No. Was he on yeah. it? Oh, he was on Q&A. The season I was a team captain on is uh, people like to pretend it never happened. So let's pretend it never happened. <laughs> I actually do have a, a question about it, um, which is actually the Go. first one. You were part of the revival of Specs. Do you think it could have lasted had ABC waited a little longer? And if you've answered this question a thousand times, you can tell me to fuck off. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think it probably would have. I think my life would have been very different, though. Like, losing that show probably drove me to do more interesting things than... I would mm -hmm. have done like I was enjoying myself so much I could have seen myself sitting there for 20 years and people were enjoying it it's just that you know it wasn't getting the ratings that they were hoping for but equally nothing was no. like that was the start of multi-channel and you know the audiences being spread out across different streaming services kind of were starting up and things like that so there just weren't the audiences around that people thought there were like now what we the ratings that we had would be considered decent ratings nowadays yeah but it was a really weird time also you know I've, I've been victim of this at least twice now at the abc where a new head of entertainment or a head of comedy or someone takes over from someone else and their first 
point of business is like a dog to go and pee on all the benches that um, mm-hmm. the previous dog had peed on. <laughs> so it was a victim of uh, change of management. Just like, oh, why did that last person put that on? Let's get rid of it. Because, you know, there's only finite amount of money and finite amount of airtime that you can oversee when you're in charge of a department. And if something that you don't like yeah. is on, it's like, well, I don't want that. I want to make my own shows. Especially ABC, which doesn't rely on advertising. Yeah. Which so. also is means it's hamstrung by not being able to, like, you know, I had I had like four outfits yeah. they bought for me and they just cycled them around in different combinations <laughs> because, the you know, if you're on commercial TV, like you get yeah. clothing sponsorship, they just throw things at you. Mm-hmm. Whereas ABC, they have yeah. to actually go to the shops and buy the things that you're going to wear. Like it yeah. is, yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> well, um, in terms of that show, which... Uh, we will call specs. Uh, <laughs> we, we know from doing this podcast that recordings can be messy. Now, I know that these comedy panel shows, there's often three or more comedians mm-hmm. or artists. So what's that like trying to get a word in edgeways? <laughs> I'm asking on behalf of Gareth. <laughs> um, basically, so your job as a team captain is to, because you hit like both Ella and I had um music guest beside us and then a comedian on the end and we knew the comedians would look after themselves because they're comedians they're gonna make fun so our job was to Mm -hmm. basically because it's a music quiz show people are more interested in the music than the comedy the comedy is just for shits and giggles um was to make sure the music guest felt comfortable and was having a good time you know making sure susie quattro was enjoying herself was my job and lord wasn't she amazing that that kind of was what we had to do was kind of make them feel comfortable. So it's not so much a case of getting a word in. It's a case of being generous and letting someone get a word in because yeah. and encouraging them, kind of like asking them questions when, you know, like I did before with Evan. <laughs> make them feel included. You love this album. <laughs> Why do you love this album? <laughs> it just comes naturally to me now. <laughs> I mean, it takes years, like, to learn that. But yeah, that was that was kind of my brief was to be the the host for that musical guest that was sitting next yeah. to me, and to kind of sit on the comedian if needs be, so that they could, you know, have their time to shine. Not mm-hmm. that Susie Quattro, who's been in the entertainment business for fifty years, needed any help, frankly. <laughs> no, absolutely, goddess. <laughs> but there were other people we had on the show who were, you know, a little shy. Like we had Grandmaster Flash on, who was just a delight, but you know, needed to be encouraged to tell stories because he was weirdly shy. Like, which I found really? bizarre. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah. is the exact opposite that I would have thought. I know. Did you have to push him because he's close to the edge? <laughs> no. Oh. He was on Ella's team, but he showed us how to do, um, how he, uh, like, basically developed beat mixing, like, like with a little bit of white chalk, because our buzzers were little seven-inch singles, so he was just showing us on there, and we left it there for the whole series, like this little bit of white pencil, oh, where cool. he'd, like, he would just mark up the record, go, oh, that's where the, that's where the good scratch bit is, I'll head back to there, well, that's where yeah. I know, so I was like, yeah, like, because you think it's all instinctual. It's like, oh, it's like, you know, he's like, no, 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 I've listened to this record. I know this is a good bit. <laughs> he marked it out for himself on the actual yeah, vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> they got sticky tape all over the freaking albums. 
So, anyways, we're gonna throw it a quick ad break because we could be talking about Spicks and Specs for hours. That that show was for international viewers. Go look it up on YouTube. It's a music quiz show. So, if you're listening to this podcast, there is a chance, a slight chance that you like music. Go check out this show. You're gonna love it. It's fun, uh, and it should should be plenty with Adam on there. Although you won't find his stand up, as I sadly found out. So, anyways, <laughs> we'll be back in a moment with Adam Richard. This summer, winter, spring, or fall, the first ever musical theater sitcom where you go behind the scenes of the latest West End show, The Fosse Forest Ballet. Where's the important stuff? Aha! A thousand pound a week ensemble rate. Ah, that's what Mamma Mia likes. Starring Philip Joel and a West End cast featuring Carrie Alice, Darren Denny, Louise Demon, and Oliver Savile, and more. It all started in 1987 when I was a jobbing actress working in a diner. Yeah, it's just I, I had a really bad experience when I was touring Australia with a wombat. <gasps> Darling! Mwah, 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 mwah. How long have I been mentoring you? Three months? Two years. So her name is Henrietta. The horse. Yes. I've managed to secure you an audition for the biggest, most innovative, and the latest show to be going into the West End. Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Think more along the lines of Pant. Frozen. Watch this episode for the price of a coffee. Simply go to www.thefussyforestbelly.com. Any and all profits go back to theater charities, acting for others, and the theater's trust. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll see a grown man in sparkly tights. Tight nights. Nice tights. And we're back with Thrush and Treasure. I'm joined by my co-host, Evan, and our extra special guest, Adam Richard. Holy shit. Woo! Just continuing on TV, when are we going to get our middays with Adam Richard? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like hosting things. I don't want to be on a midday show. Like yeah, you said that before the interview, and I'm like, damn it. I know he's going to love this question. And it's a bit of a throwback to my 9 a.m. with David and I Kim loved Doak. doing that show. That was a fun show. Like that was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like David was hilariously like he did host middays for a while with um, David Rain and Tracy Grimshaw hosted the midday show for a little while on Channel Nine. I think they were in between Ray and Carrie Ann. But yeah, he he was so hilariously like he absolutely because I was doing a celebrity gossip segment. He had no idea what I was doing, um, mm -hmm. no idea what I was talking about. I had to explain everything to him, which made it even funnier. Like it kind of meant that I could have more fun with this one. Um, I did get a full page of complaints once, which my producer there framed, um, where people rang up to complain about me flirting with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <gasps> What? <laughs> you got, hang on, you got to flirt with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I interviewed I think I'm going to write in and complain about that. How dare you? <laughs> Fucking hell. This is crazy. I went a little bit, Half your luck. I went a little bit hard. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I was going to say it wasn't um, Martha Davis from the motels because she grabbed me on the dick. 
after episode of Spicks and Spicks. I was like, how have oh, you not really? guessed that I'm gay? And she's like, oh, I did the same thing to Marley and no one told me. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you are. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> it was one o'clock in the morning at a pub, but... Uh... <laughs> Again, men say that all the time, but it's no excuses. <laughs> oh, but, you know, it was I was honoured. It's like, she's one of my faves. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll go, you can see me orange pants. When I wear these on a cruise ship, my ass gets grabbed by everyone that is over the age of 70. What? Every, what? I don't what know why. What are these cruises you're going on? <laughs> over 70 swingers cruises, apparently. <laughs> They're family cruises, I thought. Just Shit. regular cruises. Regular cruises, yeah. Um, It's not like down the local park or anything. So that's... <laughs> Apparently what's happened. Uh, oh, but anyways, well, yeah, let's move on um, quickly from that one <laughs> before my cheeks start turning red. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, so this week I've chosen a musical. Now, I had I'd pondered picking The Addams Family because I know you had told me about auditioning. For I've it. auditioned for heaps of musicals. Have you? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think sometimes I get asked to audition for roles that they want to cast someone from overseas so they can go... Yeah, look, there's no one good here. Look at yeah. this. Look at this guy trying to do a cartwheel as the genie in Aladdin. No good. <laughs> so you went out for genie. Yes. Wow. What else? Okay. What else? Um. Oh, heaps of things. That Adam's yeah. family one. I think I did. I seared myself into the casting director's mind when I turned up for a Spamalot audition. Yeah. Um. And because I had to sing, like the character I was auditioning for, I had to sing "Always Look on the Bright Side of Life," and I was like. Oh, well, that's like a big iconic song. How do I, what's a big iconic song I can do for my audition that I can make sound fun? So I chose Under the Sea <laughs> from The Little Mermaid nice. and was doing crab dancing for some, <laughs> just like, just commentating while I was singing. I was like, this is crab dancing. Under the sea. <laughs> they were like, no one's ever going to forget the crab dancing, man. <laughs> No, no, but apparently they did. And I got down, I got yeah. down to the final six of to play Edna in Hairspray. Oh, did you? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, no, you weren't getting that from Trevor Ashley. Sorry. No, no, no. I was... don't care who anyone is, Trevor <laughs> Ashley, that was his part. Yeah, I, I kind of got that impression when uh, we were all given like these moldy old wigs and, you know, someone did our makeup and then Trevor turned up like as Trevor. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. Yeah. Also, like when I was doing radio, we would every year we would basically crash a musical in Melbourne. Okay. Um, usually kind of like halfway through or towards the end of their run when they kind of wanted to, you know, pump Boost up ticket sales, sales yeah. again. After closing the balcony, so I lost my good seat. Oh, sweet. Thank you for that, theatres. Anyways, I'm still bitter. So we would <laughs> we would have a whole night, which was just for Fox FM listeners in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, we would give away tickets right across, you know, for the whole month and we would do all these, you know, you know, like heaps of like on-air content, and then everyone from the station would be in the show. Like our breakfast show, Hamish and Andy, like news readers, everyone was inserted into different shows. So I've been in, I, I was in Hairspray one night as okay. part of work. Um, I I did Legally Blonde, which we had to write extra scenes for and send them off to New York to get approval. And uh, my mine was the, mine was the only one that got approved straight away. <laughs> Lawrence O'Keefe wrote Bat Boy, which we're about to talk about. Excellent. So, yes. And then what else did we do? We did uh, Priscilla one night where oh, I, you poor thing. I mimed to 
simply the best while the you know the chorus up above me sang it oh my god <laughs> which was berserk so basically you know trevor does the show at the start yeah. of the show and introduced me as another drag queen and so i was it was that was fun yeah. um I, I say yes as if i've seen it i'm not seeing priscilla on stage <laughs> i actually prefer the musical to the movie oh really i find it structurally more coherent Oh, I'll say I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about jukebox musicals. And there's more Petula Clark, which I'm mad for. That's fine. <laughs> I can put on Petula Clark. You know, she's got a few albums, Adam. <laughs> don't need to, Clark. I don't need to pay out $120 for a it's, ticket. It's actually, it's quite spectacular. Anyway. Um, I'm sure it is. I'm, so, I'm being yeah, mean. was that all we've done? I'm just trying to think. Oh, Rocky Horror, we did one year when Gretel was, Gretel Colleen was the narrator. I love Gretel. And they put, they put me in some of Bert's. Um, old costumes because they were oh, the only ones that would fit me. <laughs> oh, Bert. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, I've done a bunch of musicals just for one night, which is kind of, whenever I auditioned, like, there was a point in my mind where I was like, oh, God, you have to do this eight times a week. I just want to do it once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this high school musical, just once or twice is enough and then I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But even then, zero times for me and I'll be oh. fine. No, I'm not. I'm not the target audience of school musical, <laughs> let's just say that. But anyways, this week I chose Bat Boy the Musical, as I mentioned just before. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of Lawrence O'Keefe, hang on, is it him? Wait, or was it the book writer? Okay, one of them, somebody, their dad invented <laughs> Festivus. Oh. Yeah, Lawrence O'Keefe, his dad invented Festivus. And all three sons are writers, or a writer, writer, composer, and mm. one of them was a writer on Seinfeld and introduced Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah. So how's that? I think that's right. I have it somewhere in my notes, but I'm not there, so I, I can't clarify. I love, I love your chaotic filing system. Yes, no, this is the, <laughs> the scatterbrain that I am. Um, I love that you, that you write everything longhand, my handwriting is indecipherable. I have to type everything. I have pretty good handwriting, but um, I've crunching time, so I I did <laughs> rush it this time. Um, but usually, because I, I write so big on a page, if you can see, there's only so many. <laughs> oh, it's like a cue card. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like a cue I've got my own cue cards. That's it. I just can only fit 10 words per page. That's something like that, yeah, and, and um, which gets a What's pain, like a obviously. So it's like a tweet. <laughs> you fit as much as you can in a tweet. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so yes, we chose Bat Boy the musical. Now I know obviously um Evan wouldn't have heard of it, and you yourself, Adam, hadn't heard of it. I had never heard of it. Okay, I, I just have to make sure I didn't swap your names over there <laughs> accidentally. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Evan, uh, what did you think of this? Let's just say redneck urban legendary musical <laughs> yeah well when you first i think you just like sent me a message and just said bat boy i immediately thought oh someone's yeah well it was like what's the musical gonna be and all i got was just a oh it was possibly a link but all i saw was bat boy and i went oh someone's made a musical of burt ward's life <laughs> How nice it's about that time that would be a good musical he, <laughs> Yeah, but that was my initial thought, and it was. <laughs> but yes, no. But sadly, that was that was not to be. And, no. and this is this is based on. I was aware of the Bat Boy News of the World 
articles in the 90s that yeah. this is based from. Oh, and, and, and he died. The creator died at the start of the year. So rest in peace to oh. him. The creator, the creator of, the... of Bat Boy, like the, that created the urban myth. Right. In News of the World. Photoshopped it right. way back in the... Yeah, I can't remember his name. Two. Maybe it was his father that invented Festivus. Oh, who Maybe. knows? I don't know. It's one of them. You guys at home, you know the trivia. Go fucking look it up yourselves. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Yeah, but uh, and and again, as usual, I, I get to crank these up at work. So I've, I've I listened to let's see, I listened to the the London recording a few times, and then you sent me um, the off Broadway. I think it was the original cast recordings, which are which are kind of spotty. I got some big issues with this. Really, <laughs> there's. Okay, one thing I do like is that you can get the entire story just from listening to the the album. You don't need to watch it to get the gist of what's going on, which is kind of handy. It's it's annoying when you listen to something and you go, that made no sense whatsoever, and then you have to go look for a bootleg that you can't find, and then you have to read the wiki of what it's about (laughs) uh, to try and put these songs into context, but it doesn't make the songs any better. Anyway. No. This thing... (laughs) I, it, I, this phrase keeps popping into my head and it, it was written like a year 10 creative writing project that where <laughs> someone has just made shit up and then everybody dies at the end. Spoilers. <laughs> There's no standout performances in this. That's why I'm now a fan of someone like F. Michael Haney because I'm like, holy shit, who was that? There is none of that in this musical. The only really good song here is Make a Joyful Noise. I really enjoyed that for some reason, and it really doesn't fit. doesn't seem to be there for any good reason. That's the whole plot, like the whole revival <laughs> thing. Yeah, I get okay. okay, and this was the other problem, where normally you go, you're looking for a pro shot. There is no pro shot, never is. No. And then you go, okay, I'll look for a bootleg. And you watch a bootleg and sort of get the gist of it. There's no bootleg of this. No one bothered to There's a high it. school one. <laughs> There's a high school production of it from the Westfield <laughs> High School in Texas, and they are on par with the London recording. Are they? A bunch of high school kids have pulled it off just as well. Kids can be talented. Haven't you seen yeah. School of Rock? Anyway. Or Glee. <laughs> or Glee. Yeah. You know, the 30 year olds on that show with their auto tune. Yeah. <laughs> The, the story. The st- I loved Glee. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of things that just don't make sense. You've got this doctor running around killing people and trying to blame it on Batboy when he could have just freaking killed Batboy. If you really wanted mm. him dead, just kill him like you should have done the first time. No, because then he would get caught for the murder. Oh. Or, you know, he, the chances are he'd get thrown into prison for it. Like I said, so, it's like they were just kind of making shit up as they went along and everyone dies at the end. Isn't that redneck America? <laughs> that is, that yeah. is nasty. No, it's, Go on. It's, yeah, it's, it's not that it's bad. Really? Yeah. Okay, Adam, what did you think? I'll, I'll care about what you think now. Um, so my first thought when I saw the thing, I, like I just saw the logo and I was like, because that's all there is on the, the album. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. Is, has someone made a musical of the Urasawa manga strip, which I thought was called Bat Boy, but I realised it's called Billy Bat, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he did like Monster and um, yeah. Pluto, incredible uh, manga yeah. creator. But yeah, then when it wasn't that, I was like a little bit disappointed. Um, and I thought mm. it's a cute idea, the Weekly World News thing about, you know, the, the Bat Boy. Uh, 
Although that was kind of a genre at the end of the 90s, like doing kind of a weird, schlocky, yeah. trying to take an old horror trope and trying to turn it into a musical, trying to ride the the coattails of your um, Rocky Horror or Little Shop of Horrors kind of thing. I fear this is going the same way as Evans. I'm <laughs> suddenly not happy. <laughs> so the other thing that was big at that end of the 90s was the Ashman and Menken musical, and they are amazing like they are so good at writing a bunch of pastiches of different musical styles and creating a cohesive musical out of it you know this is definitely going that way yeah yeah <laughs> like little shop of horrors like uh the little mermaid you know like beauty and the beast like there's you know they just choose different genres and they do a little pastiche and this one is trying all of that like the the oh. opening number, which is also the closing number, is probably the most mem- memorable one, the Hold Me Bat Boy. Uh, very Jim Steinman, Andrew Lloyd Webber vibe to it, which yeah. I enjoyed, but it just seemed to be missing something. Um, there was some sort of weird Red Hot Chili Peppers action going on in What You Wanna, or whatever that song was called. And the undergraduate humour I found, a, like, maybe too unsophisticated. Like, I'm going to make you my prison wife tonight. I was just like, oh, I just want... You either go really crazy out there or you kind of go a bit saccharine. Like, you kind of go for the whole... He uh, eats a cow. The whole Stone Parker thing. I know he eats a cow. They eats a lot of cows, obviously. Like, the, the song about the cows, I was enjoying... Except it kept reminding me of Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> like, every song sounded too much like another song, which yeah. is one of the mistakes that Ashman and Mankman don't make because they their pastiches just sound vaguely like that genre as opposed to the song sounding like an actual song from another musical or another... What musical, though? Pay up or, or put out, whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> put up or shut up. <laughs> Um, Dance With Me Darling sounded like uh, they were having a tilt at a Rodgers and Hammerstein song. It's, I like the idea of it. I'd, Let Me Walk Among You is clearly the Sondheim one. Like they've gone, oh yeah, let's let's do Being Alive. <laughs> and this is what I was thinking a, a lot of the time. Is this why you love it, Aaron? Because it sounds like 18 of your other favourite musicals all kind of mooshed no, into one with Owl Murder. None of what you mentioned was any of my favourite. I love this because it is fucking crazy. You're, it is crazy. You both heard? No. I, I had this guaranteed five stars. From from Team Metal and no, no, Adam's touched on my one of my issues with it is listening yeah. to it is I I don't know who this is for yeah people with taste every song is completely <laughs> not completely different but yeah there's all these genres that don't really mesh and you've got rap and you've got everything from yeah operas to banjo music to, to what the hell's going on I like the ambition of it I just think the execution has been let down a little bit also story wise. If you're going to do a story about um, an outcast who turns out to be the illegitimate child of two other characters later on, and it's kind of trying to do a meta story about um, the way people of difference are treated in the greater society, you know, we've got Wicked. We don't need to see that with pointy ears and teeth instead of green bitches. Like, we've seen this musical. (laughs) It's been done in a more effective yeah. i know it predated wicked but wicked just did it better <laughs> and yeah and it just it felt like it was trying to pull in kind of john waters elements it was trying to pull it like it was it feels like it's less than the sum of its parts if that makes sense like mm-hmm. 
all the disparate elements seem like they should be, they should be good like it should be amazing yeah. and it just feels a little bit yeah okay well that's how i felt about zz top <laughs> i feel like i've broken your little heart are you okay <laughs> So I thought you would love it because you're a comedian. I thought you're gonna you're gonna find that this is really fucked up and silly. And Evan, I thought you would love the redneck rock, rock rubbish that you seem to love. Like, oh, I I just mojo. like if it's gonna be fucked up and silly, I just wish it had gone like like Book of Mormon. Just go too far. Like go too far yeah. because there is you'll you'll land somewhere that everyone will go. Oh, actually, this is so offensive. I can't not love it. Yeah. But it just kind of dances around that, like, you know, the Christian charity thing is kind of like a little wink as opposed to, no, no, just hammer home. Like, just be awful about Christians or be, you know, nice about them. Like, this one kind of, it sort of tries to imply things as opposed to going, like, it's a musical. There's no subtlety in a musical. It doesn't work. (laughs) But one element that we're not mentioning is that there is only eight or ten cast members. So everyone's swapping over. See, that I would love. Yeah, and that's probably adds to that craziness. If I reckon if I'd seen it live in a small... Because I'm, I'm gathering the, the bigger productions. Did they cast everyone or they start with the know. 10? I don't I've never seen it. Because it's written for 10 actors and five musicians, which is really... That's a small orchestra. Yeah, um, that's a band. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I love that idea and... Yeah. and yeah, and maybe it's just maybe part of the problem was the production on the album that I listened to. It just sounded too big, like it sounded like a. Also, everyone's over singing too much. Yes, this is the case where the ensemble the ensemble needed to tone it down a little bit. Yeah, well, there, that's the, there, there is no ensemble. Well, well, because it's just they're all yeah, all characters. Yeah. But men play women and women play men. That's the weird thing. When you when you do a musical and you're backstage and you see someone getting changed from one character into another, but they're still singing back up for the song that's going on at the current time, it's like, this is berserk. Like, no one gets even a moment of rest. Like, wrestling with their pants while they get into their next costume is just going, I got the thing going on. <laughs> 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 what am I seeing back here? This is insane. Yeah. Like it is a machine. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's clockwork. Yeah, I would love because that's one thing. One of the things I like about Wicked, even though it's a big, big musical, technically you could probably do it with a handful of people, like in a synthesizer. A, yeah, like it's a it's a small Chamber. group yeah. of characters. So if I'd seen this as a small piece, like Personally. you know what, if I'd seen this at Edinburgh, I would have loved it. Yeah. Like I saw, I went and saw this musical like four times, I think, and made friends with the cast. And it was, it was just this mad, again, at, it was 1998. So it was everything, that's all anyone was doing at this time were these schlocky kind of horror musicals. And there was some sort of Egyptian god and people were being possessed. And it was very strange. It was very camp and over the top. But I saw it four times. The music was, you know, serviceable. But it was it was fun. Like, it was fun because yeah. it was just in this little cupboard. It was a cast of six. And they were all having the best time of their lives. So I think if I'd seen it, this musical in that setting, I probably would have enjoyed it. But the production on on it just sounded like it was trying to be a big musical and try to hide its meager uh, beginnings. You but yeah. Embrace its minimalist nature. Yeah. Like, I, w- I would like to see this done. You know what it would be good? If, you know, the theatre sports game Amateur Dramatics? 
where everyone tries to perform like they're doing an amateur performance. I would love to see this done by an amateur troupe who yeah. just were not doing it very well. Yeah. Like... <laughs> like Peter Pan goes wrong. Yeah, but not yeah. deliberately. Like, <laughs> you know, I saw Wicked performed by... Um, you know, every year the theatre schools all get together and do one big concert at the end mm-hmm. of the year in Melbourne. Um, and I I saw them do Wicked and it was berserk because they have like a hundred people on stage. You're like, oh, you could never afford this in an actual production to have this many people. It's like no. crowd scenes are actual crowd scenes. It's like, yeah. this is great. Because they, uh, they did Les Mis at one point and I was meant to go and see it, but I got stuck up here. And yeah, I was like, oh, that would be a battle. No. <laughs> that would be a battle sequence. Like 200 children all hitting each other with sticks. <laughs> I don't know if I could sit through Les Mis with um, 200 children. I don't think I could sit through it with 50 children. Usually the main the main singers are all like late teens. Yeah, like they're true. all, and they're quite proficient. Like all the people in Wicked were great. The costuming was hilarious and sometimes the hats would fly off. But right. <laughs> And... <laughs> Someone wheels out of a set of stairs to walk up when you're gonna fly, but <laughs> but just That's you know, theater. yeah. Because you see these things, and there's like you know, you realize after a while there's only ten people in this cast, <laughs> and they keep running back on as different people. But yeah, I think I would enjoy this if it was a bit more slapdash. It just because it was kind of like a a cheesy schlocky premise, but then it's really slick and over the top. And yeah, I like the idea of it, but I don't think I loved the execution. I've, I've broken Aaron. <laughs> yeah, you have. You've broken my heart. Evan, did you like at least like the idea behind it? Yeah. Because it is. I do. I totally agree. Like there is there is a story there. There's there's something you could have done better. Yeah. Guest and co-host. <laughs> um, I'm just wounded. That's all. Yeah. I don't know. It's... I will say the Comfort and Joy song sat with me a lot longer than I expected it to. I love that song. Yeah. I don't know why. I just think it's exciting, and it's quite a good song, and it has a great reprise, which yeah. um, I love. A, I love a song with a good reprise. Like, look at me, I'm Sandra D. It's one of my all-time faves. Yes, <laughs> yes. That reprise is like, oh, perfect. It is, isn't it? And she's sitting on the hill in the uh, the sewage drain or whatever yeah. it is. The river. It's not sewage. It's the river. It's the yeah, the my dry Los Angeles river. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I have to agree with Adam. You know, it's it's either you know, if you're going to go schlocky and crazy, then go schlocky and crazy. Yeah. Or if you're going to do it seriously and, and sing it seriously, then then do that. It's somewhere in the middle and it's a bit of a mess. Like Rocky Horror is technically terrible. Like it's a, it's a terrible mess and they just throw everything at it. And this, I feel like it was like, oh, we don't want to go too far because we don't want to alienate people. It's like, just alienate people. They will come. <laughs> yeah. Be insane. Well, they will up until... This decade, and now we're going to not be... Yeah, going. not going to anything. <laughs> well, I'm really disappointed. Do we at least get a score? Yeah, I was, I was wondering what, what Adam scored it. Oh, I didn't score ZZ Top either, but I can if you want. <laughs> oh, no, I guess they're happy to do it as they wish. I would give the ZZ Top, I would give that uh, a solid four out of five. Nice. Uh, like and this I would give a two and a half Right down the middle Yeah Like there's a lot to like in it It's just I feel like I feel like the coat hanger is not very strong <laughs> <laughs> For This heavy dress that's hanging on it It's the gayest metaphor I have heard on this show <laughs> That is hosted by a man in orange pants 
<laughs> they shouldn't have used a wire hanger is what I'm saying. No wire hangers. Now, Mummy yeah. Dearest, the musical, that would be amazing. That, yeah, that's, it's probably been done. That's parody. a piece of schlock that would be an amazing musical. You know how <laughs> rabid gays are. You know it's been done at somebody cabaret bar. I've, I've seen it done as a drag well, show. Exactly. <laughs> it's been done. Of course it has. Does not surprise me at all. all a right. drag queen with a wire hanger sticking out of her big buffoned. <laughs> Anyways, I think we've Fat Boy has flown off. Yeah, I think he's flown the coop. I wanted to, I wanted to give it a point five. Uh, <laughs> Half a point. Half a point. I thought that was a little high, so I went point two. Oh, point two. And and yeah, <sighs> yeah. That this is. I had to listen to Titanic, and that was painful. <laughs> I'd say that was worse than this. Oh, is that a musical? Oh. oh, Titanic, the musical. Oh, don't get me started. Okay. Yeah. You didn't have to listen to it. You chose to listen to it. Does it have the Celine Dion song in it? No. Oh, well, that's even worse. <laughs> it was produced around the same time as the movie. Yeah, because it was the 100th anniversary or something, wasn't it? Oh, you bastard. No. Oh, my little Daleks talks. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, he's, he's very old. Damn it. I had this running earlier. Oh, my God. Oh, well. He was he was supposed to exterminate it, but <laughs> no, this this little Dalek he runs around the um he runs around the desk and basically exterminates anything he bumps into, which is oh funny basically a Dalek. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's what they do. But ah, oh, he won't turn on now. Oh bugger, mm. never mind. Now, I have to ask Evan: Is zero point two your actual score or your alcohol blood levels? Oh. <laughs> You can still drive. <laughs> Anyways, we'll, we'll throw it all quick out break. G'day listeners, Aaron here. While you're topping up your coffees, did you know that you can support our show and go on a fantastically scary adventure at the same time? Go to www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to grab your copy of The Toniston Tales, a darkly funny Aussie trilogy about a young boy who rescues injured animals in his spare time and the roller coaster ride he's taken on by a literal fish out of water. Written by me, the village idiot of Thrash and Treasure, you'll come to love Toniston Turnbull and the dozens of wacky characters that he meets along the way. And here is a sneak peek. Crack, thud, the human trips over the uneven ground as the twanimal blows out the lantern. Watch your step, Kapoor says a little too late. Why did you put the light out? Ollykosh, an open flame near hay bales? And here I thought you were smart, sir. Toniston agrees with how silly he must have sounded. What are we doing out here? The boy asks as they blindly walk around the side of the house, where they're greeted by giant shadows rising up above them. Unable to properly see in the pitch-black darkness, Toniston presumes they are the three hay bales. He looks around. The plains are vast and the spotlights out in the distance, now a purple colour, seem to be too far away to bring any real light to them. They do, however, look very pretty dancing on the rippling oceanic sky. Stand back, the silhouetted cub paw warns with his gruff but friendly voice clearly able to see in the darkness better than the human who had constantly refused to eat his carrots. Grab your copy of The Toniston Tales from thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore today. Hooroo!
All right, we're back with Prussian Treasure, and we're joined by Australia's number one comedian, the funniest man on this island, Adam Richard. <laughs> and um, I have to ask is, because I, you've had um, discussions on this show about comedy and the difference between my written jokes and that which just comes out of my mouth because I'm mm. a heinous bitch. So what, what do you find easier, that natural improvised sort of banter comedy or writing an act? I stopped writing after a while. Like I write for a living now, but yes. for stand-up... Oh, there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> took a while. I, um, yeah, I my process just like I would write stuff and memorise it and then do it on stage and it was never really going anywhere and all the shit that I came up with in the interim while I was trying to remember what I was what I'd written yep. was better than anything I'd written. So that just became my process. Like I wrote out loud with my mouth. Um, yep. uh, so yeah, this is, this is me. This is what I do. I just talk. I talk poofy and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> sort of hold your nose and jump. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we do anything in life in the past year or so, I think. Um, but yeah, writing, I mostly do for other people. So it's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't trust myself with my writing. <laughs> no. Well, um, I believe you you had something prepared. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to freak out my fiancé who's sitting on the other side of this office. <laughs> so, because this musical reminded me of that kind of schlocky late 90s idea of, like, they would just make a musical of anything. Um, and I used to have this stand-up routine where I would talk about you know like there was there was a footloose musical and there was a flash dance musical and like and everything was becoming a musical and i started imagining musicals starring um i imagined so thelma and louise apparently was actually being considered for a musical for a while <laughs> like this is a, a true thing um and uh then i and also also apparently Cher was originally cast in thelma and louise um, and turned it down because she didn't like the ending. <laughs> she wanted it to have a happy ending. <laughs> uh, so then I imagined Cher in the Thelma and Louise musical. <laughs> in uh, like just going, Thelma, don't ask what if. Drop this call off that cliff. Um <laughs> Which then I went on to think about oh, Jurassic God. Park, the musical, uh, which of course Cher remembers because she was there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't go walking mm. after dark. My teeth are sharp <laughs> like a shark, and I'm gonna eat you here in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> so I, <laughs> I just had this whole bit, and then it for some reason it morphed into a bit about Silence of the Lambs, the musical, which is a great structure for a musical. Like, if you can imagine, like, the opening, um, you know, Clarice is walking down the, the corridor <laughs> and she's, you know, because she wants to know what who the murderer is. She goes, Dr. Lecter, Dr. Lecter, tell me who the killer is. So that's that song. And then as she's leaving, there's that guy in the cell next to Hannibal Lecter who, like, sings towards her. I can smell your cunt, you over there. I bit my wrist, throw my cum into your hair. Like, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. <laughs> and, you know, it just keeps going on. And then there's the scene, you know, at the end of Act One, 
there's always a big moment at the end of Act mm-hmm. One. There's like, you know, like the sh- chandelier crashes down in Phantom of the Opera, the the witch takes off at the end of Act One and Wicked. Like it's like it leaves you hanging for the next act. So the end of Act One I'm seeing on a revolve. Um, Hannibal Lecter comes out in the trolley at the airport all tied up with the mask on and there's the senator over there. He goes, Senator, love your suit. And then the stage swings around <laughs> as he's singing, love your suit, love your suit. And like all these queenie guys are pushing him around in the trolley, doing kicking their heels up. <laughs> and then the stage swings around and on the other side is the serial killer in, in the nude with his dick tucked between his legs going, love my suit, love my suit, love my lady skin and hair suit. So that's the end of Act 1. <laughs> And Act Two, you've obviously got the love ballad where they're having the exchange of information and they touch fingers through the bars. It's like, quid pro quo, I fear that he will eat me, say it isn't so. And then you get to the end of the musical and finally, you're, it's been three hours of singing because musicals always go for way too long. And you're like, why the fuck is it called Silence of the Lambs? No one has stopped fucking singing this entire time. <laughs> and that's when he rings up from Panama and he's wearing the Panama hat and he's about to eat his old um, <laughs> psychiatrist. And he's going, has it stopped, Clarice? That awful screaming. Screaming of the lambs! And that's the end. <laughs> now for our New York listeners, there's producers on Broadway. Pick me up, I will, I will get you on to Adam, because holy shit. Where's the Father Bean song? There should be a Father Bean that's- song. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Goodness gracious me, that, that was... So that would be, that was my show, show stopper for a little while. I would finish on that when I was doing stand-up. And, you know, it could be I can't be believe done. it just came back to me then. That was like, oh, wow. Anyways, I, okay, apart from Doctor Who and the expected nerd stuff, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, what are some of your non-comedy inspirations? Uh... Well, I don't know if you know this, but I, I'm currently doing a podcast about Mariah Carey's autobiography, which is called yes. The Meaning of Mariah Carey. Yes. But my podcast is called Me, I Am a Memoir, The Meaning of The Meaning of Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've loved Mariah since I was a, a wee baron. Um, <laughs> so she's one of my non, non-nerd obsessions. I do really love a good musical. Like my favourite mm-hmm. musical is Gypsy. Oh, um, yep. Fantastic. I which I... Saw with Carolyn O'Connor in it, and oh, she's wow. possibly the best Mama Rose I've ever seen in my life. Really? Oh, just like a transformative. Like you know, I was like, oh, she's going to be good because she's always been in these things. And then I saw it, I was like, she's always. Whoa! This. <laughs> I was like, she's always good. Like, but it was just like, like you know, when someone exceeds your expectations, and you're like, oh fuck, this has been one of the most amazing nights of my life. And it was mm-hmm. just you know, it was just a cute little production company. Um, version of it in Melbourne but I know she'd done it like I think she'd toured it throughout the UK so she'd done it a lot but um yeah so good but yeah that's I think that's why I was so disappointed in Batboy because you know like Gypsy has this whole kind of apocalypse going on in between the whole mother and daughter story and the family tragedy there's the basically it's about the death of vaudeville like it's this musical about you know the end of something and I feel like that's why I was a bit disappointed in Batboy because we're just kind of like trying to dip its toe into thematic elements as okay. opposed to going, here is a big picture thing and we're going to tell a story across it. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, I love anything. That's that's the other reason I I really love Wicked is because it's like you know the big picture is just as impactful as the the personal story that's going yeah. on. Like this whole idea of like if you're not with me, you're against me kind of thing. And yeah, it's yeah. I just I I'm I'm really into a lot of things. I've been watching Bones. <laughs> 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 My favorite show at the moment, I think, is um, for all mankind on uh, the Apple TV Plus, which is berserk. It's like about the space program in an alternate world where the Russians landed first on the moon. Oh, okay. And it's like a kind of a, if you can imagine a mix between Mad Men and Interstellar and Watchmen. Like, it's yeah, it's really intense, really well written show. Just. Yeah. I sit on the edge of my seat every night just going, <gasps> no. Have you checked out Schmigadoon? I have. Yeah. Again, charming and delightful and yeah. manages to do pastiches without it seeming like um, I wish I was watching that other musical. I, I know, Evan, you've um, checked it out. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually up to date with Schmigadoon, yeah. Um, well, obviously the musical <laughs> references... I'm not going to get a lot of them, no. you know. Um, they're all Rodgers and Hammerstein. Like, <laughs> you know, ended up watching. A, yeah, I see. They're like direct ripoffs of Oklahoma and things like that. And some Enchanted Evening. <laughs> Binion and Brigadoon, obviously. Oh, Brigadoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's. I don't. I think you really have to like musicals to like this show. I'm. I'm really only watching it just so I've got something to talk about with Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> You sound like my parents. <laughs> the only thing that bugged me so far is uh, when they when they initially come over the bridge, they use CG smoke. I'm like, why? You just walk through real smoke to go in, and then they walk out through CG smoke. Just why? It just made no sense. Yeah, they use they use smoke a lot to create like depth of field, and maybe in the studio they needed it to create. And yep. by pumping in more smoke, they would have actually given away how they were. Because the other one was outdoors, yep. so that's fine. You get actual depth of field. Yep. But when you're creating yeah. false depth of field in yep. a studio, you pump a lot of... Like, we pump so much smoke into hard quiz, make it look like a bigger studio than the cupboard that we film in. <laughs> yes, we've heard the jokes on that show. We know what you're smoking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I reckon the CG smoke was basically because... You can't film through two types of smoke at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> There's Atmos smoke yeah. and then extra, like it just, yeah. I reckon it was logistically impossible. It was really noticeable. Uh, that's yeah. all, really. But, no, but I would I would guess smoke. that that's part of it. It's like making making that world look bigger than it is by pumping the room full of smoke, which yeah. is a nightmare for the singing actors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give us your best performance. <laughs> <laughs> which could be the other reason to use CGI. Yeah. Oh no, I bought it. I bought the apple for the Mariah Carey Christmas special, and I haven't given it back. Right. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Okay. Now, I have a, a a fun sort of hypothetical question. Okay. You've said yes to all of these hypothetical shows. Uh, which ones did you say yes for the paycheck, and which ones did you do for the love of it in a game I call passionate or cashinate? Yeah. Pun. Yeah. Are you doing this for love or money? Celebrity pooper scooper. Celebrity pooper scooper. That would be with dogs. Oh, well, you'd hope. <laughs> Could be camels. 
It depends what network it's on. Seven for the cash. Yep. <laughs> Ten, they have no cash. No. <laughs> you would really need to convince me. Well, it's on nine. So oh, it's on nine. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, that's difficult. Yeah, I don't know. It depends who else would was on it. Or Well, clearly it will be Chappelle Corby. Right. Uh, Carrie-Anne <laughs> Kennelly. Oh, yeah, um, Carrie-Anne. That's yeah. fun. Who else do we get? There'll be someone from the block. Amity oh, Dry, yeah. is she still around? <gasps> Amity the Lighthouse. Oh, no, that song's going to be stuck in my head for a week. <laughs> this show could possibly work. You know, you go go walking your dogs with a celebrity and do a walking interview. It works. Yeah, and then while the celebrity picks up your poop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have to collect a certain weight worth in order for that money to be turned into charity money for somebody else. So celebrities shoveling shit for charity. Yeah, look, I think cash in it. Celebrity pooper scooper. Yeah, I'm, I don't but know if I can charity, do a th- You're not getting paid, mate. Sorry. I don't know if I can. No, no, we get paid. Uh, I don't know if you can do a third, like celebrity show in this country without becoming the Australian Hasselhoff. Like I am really scared. Yeah, I don't, I, I watched him for maybe two hours sign autographs. Oh. My eye was twitching for at least. 90% of that whole time because the fans of his are... I know, blessed them. Yeah, he's a strange looking unit. Yeah. But yeah, he it's... Is, he's... <laughs> so he's like me. What I'm going to look like at that age, small and, and skinny. And <laughs> oh my God, I just realized, I think it was Iota who was our Frankenfurter. When okay, we oh wow. Anyway. <laughs> I don't think Hasselhoff was ever small and skinny. No, uh, no, he is now. He is now. I haven't seen yeah. him recently. Last I saw, he was um, drunk on the floor. Oh, eating the hamburger. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I saw him yes. after that. I think. When was 2015? <laughs> I have no fucking clue. <laughs> We're in lockdown. Uh, okay. Anyways, Celebrity Handmaid's Tale. Oh. who Who's my who's my commander? <laughs> <laughs> Tom Gleason, a, of course. It's oh no, I can't. Right. I can't. No, no, not. I, I, I think I'd say no to that. <laughs> no, you've said yes to them. Oh, I've said it's, no. You've, to, you've I've signed. I've said no to much worse shows, much better shows than that. You've signed the paper, and and you're about to leave. Celebrity Handmaid's Tale. Is is yeah. it on? Is it on SBS? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It's hosted by Lee Lin Chin. <laughs> um, if it's on SBS, then. Obviously, uh, there's no cash in it. No. Uh, it has to be passionate. <laughs> no. There's no ad revenue there. No. My famous midwife. My famous midwife. Yeah. So I'd have to catch a baby as it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That one is for cash in it. Yeah. Because that's a that sounds like a Channel Nine or Seven. That sounds like a maybe even Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrity cross stitch. Oh, that's on the ABC. <laughs> yeah, that's on ABC Radio, mate. It's <laughs> on ABC Radio, hosted by Annabelle Crab. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's for that's because I wanted to learn cross stitch. I have yeah. to say, learning to dive in splash was a fun thing to do. Like being taught how to dive off a diving board from a you know Olympic medalist was yeah. pretty spectacular. I think I shit stirred you at the time. Memory serves me correct. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. All right, and final one, Naked Yoga with the Stars. Naked Yoga with the Stars. If I was behind yeah. uh, celebrity vet Dr. Chris Brown, 
passionate all the way. No, oh, I was thinking <laughs> more Pete Evans. Oh no, he, he's got to be on that show. No, I don't want to be on a show with Pete Evans. Space Lamp will come out. <laughs> <laughs> or Manu, I'd be happy to do yoga behind Manu. <laughs> Wait, which one's he? Oh, Fidel. Sorry, I'm Fidel. thinking of the one from Spartacus, not the one from My Kitchen Rules. Anyway, okay. So recently, a guest and I were discussing the current state of gays in art, mm. because as a you happen to be a gay man, apparently, and yes. we both agreed that whilst the representation is there, the outcome is usually that the narrative is about the gayness. It's about yep. the gay experience, if you will as opposed to just living life and just being a butcher or just being, I guess that's working with meat. So that's about gayness. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like being a cop, you know what I mean? Just a regular yeah. person. It just happens to be, have you noticed yeah. this? Um, I've, I mean, I've noticed in Doctor Who, they really try and, you know, they'll just have someone casually who's, you know, murdered by a Dalek within 30 seconds, just casually talk about their boyfriend while being the security guard on a, thing and then yeah. shot and it's like oh that's cute that's just he just happens to be gay like yeah. it's not mm, all we can about die like everyone else yeah <laughs> 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 like it's i'm and i think it's becoming more a character trait as opposed to a plot device yeah. um i remember when we were making outland uh a few people tried to say oh you need to have a straight character in it and i was like no you don't. And they're like, why not? And I was like, because you instantly set up the dynamic of when is this person going to turn gay or when are they going to become homophobic and bash someone? Like, wh- like when is that moment going to happen? And because everyone else in the, all the other characters were, were gay. And it's like, then it becomes a show about gay people interacting with the rest of the world. Like when it's all gay people, you just get to ignore all of that kind of sexuality politics because it's just gay people talking to other gay people so they're just like now it's an arts administrator talking to a rich kid and uh, an unemployed person like that's all it is so you'll talk about us for a minute sure. yeah <laughs> but that's that's essentially as soon as you bring a straight person into that mix you're because of you know it was 2010 when we were making it like that was what people would expect and it would yeah. be confusing to them to have a straight person there who didn't do anything other than be a straight person in the mix. And there was a reviewer who complained that there were no straight people in it and got fired. <laughs> but yeah, I think that does happen a lot. But, you know, we're moving through a period of having no visibility or only being weird serial killers um, to being, yeah, just like one of the members of the cast. Like, mm. you know, like if they redid Friends now, one of them would be gay. I, I personally don't know if I would need that. We don't need a reboot of Friends. We don't need Friends, the parody musical, or oh, any yeah, of that. Is, is there like a, a get out of jail copyright card if you say the parody musical? Yeah, unauthorized parody musical. I'm sick yeah, of it. It's cheap, it's sleazy, it's easy. You know what I get frustrated with is all of the episodes of this TV series in an hour or... Like oh, I saw all a... of the works of Shakespeare in an hour, all all of the. I saw a poster of that the other day. Yeah. There was a, a Harry Potter. It was like all yeah. the books yes. in sixty minutes. And I'm like, what? What yes. is that? What? What, are the... what, what that is 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 more annoying right? than it sounds. Really fucking hard work <laughs> that someone else who wants to be famous has taken, butchered, shit all over it, 
Not that that's happened to me. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> This this is like the equivalent of of TikToking a novel. You know, you're going to take something yeah. that takes twenty hours to read and condense it down to one. Yeah, and then repackage it and sell it as your own. It's not like Cliff's yeah. Notes. It's not. Fandoms <laughs> have no respect for intellectual property or copyright anymore. You only need to look at say when Avengers Endgame came out in cinemas, mm. right? All you had to do was go on YouTube two or three days later and people were already standing in front of green screens or blue screens with the mm. bootlegged movie playing oh, while wow. that man stood there and said, this is all the Easter eggs in this movie that's just been released in cinemas. <laughs> so you're not fans. You're taking intellectual property and making money from it in the laziest way possible. Stop it. I get so frustrated with here's all the Easter eggs from this thing because it's usually just like so uh here's a thing that you don't know that was in the comic books it's like yeah i do i do know that that was in the comic books yeah because you know if you're watching that you're a fucking nerd yeah. so you're going to know all the references anyways i i'm looking forward to the uh jane austen cinematic universe uh here's all the easter eggs <laughs> in mansfield park <laughs> <laughs> It'll be done by Disney, so there'll be hidden Mickeys as well. Yeah. Here's all the the Easter eggs in Pride and Prejudice. In the novel, her name's Elizabeth Bennet. And in the film, her name is Elizabeth Bennet. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an Easter egg. It's just an adaptation. That's exactly. They're adapted from comic books. It's an adaptation. It's not an Easter egg. It's a thing from the comic that they put in a... I know. We'll head up now. (laughs) Yes, no, I I completely agree with you. But I think... There is a difference between waiting till they've come out on DVD or Blu-ray. Oh, that thing. That's a mess. Like that's, and, yeah. and As opposed to doing it three days after its cinema release and claiming you're, you're some fan. No. Wow. The disrespect to the artist there is phenomenal, but people keep doing it. There's, there's a thing with writers at the moment to rewrite someone else's work in their own style and publish it on their Patreons or their fucking Amazon things and stuff like that. It is plagiarism. Certainly sounds like plagiarism. Yeah, Yeah, redrawing someone else's art. Unless it's out of copyright. You can rewrite Jane Austen because she's well dead. (laughs) I don't think so. I think it's things that they love, like Harry Potter or even something like To Kill a Mockingbird, which is is not in, in public domain yet because she didn't die all that long ago. No. We have to that wait ninety eight years for that or something. Oh, like it'll that. be it'll be forever by the time that comes around. Yeah. So <laughs> every time what Mickey Mouse gets close to being public domain, it gets pushed out another ten years. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Somebody changes a law somewhere somehow. <laughs> like yeah. that. Which is like I th- I think it's next year Mickey Mouse is due to become public domain. Possibly, yeah. I, I don't blame him for holding on to that though. <laughs> I, I remember when um, Betty Boop yeah. became public domain. And it was just yeah. everywhere. It was just every towel, every cushion, every lunchbox had Betty Boop on it just because, like, you know, they've public domain, yeah. open slather. If you want to make a, a musical, the original A Star Is Born, the very first one, the film is in public domain. I've never seen it. You can download it off the internet. I've never seen a Barbara Streisand film either. Okay, oh, now. Something wrong with you. <laughs> Yes, speaking of something sad or something wrong, describe your image of a world without the ability to laugh. And would we find another outlet for that gut feeling that we get? Like, that's from laughter. laughter. Yeah. Um, We'd probably fart a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) 
That was what popped into my head. We will fart with approval. Really? I thought thinking bash my head against the wall and you guys go with gas. I think I prefer your option, actually. Yeah. I can see them going, oh, he must have really liked that one. <laughs> I feel like the you know laughter can be used uh, in a good and a bad way. Yeah, like laughter can be an awful thing as well as it can be. We're gonna a, laugh at you. Yeah, it yeah. can be used against people. Um, so yeah, it's a double-edged sword already. So whatever, if there was no laughter, there equally would probably be something else that happened that people would find. A, enjoyable, and B, able to weaponize against people that don't like. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, well, if you had the power to block any movie or TV show from ever being rebooted, what and why is it the Kardashians? <laughs> How would you reboot the Kardashians? <laughs> I don't fucking know, but you know they're going to. I don't need it. I reboot them out the fucking door, that's what. Uh, yeah, no, I think like they just kept having younger ones. Well, they'll they'll all have children and then they'll film them. <laughs> oh, no, um, I've never watched Drag Race. I had to watch a bunch of them. Oh, you just broke him. I know. I had to watch a bunch of them. It was someone's topic on Hard Quiz and I ended up having to write it. So wait, you've just said you've never watched Drag Race, but then you've said that you've had to watch a bunch of them. So have you watched Drag Race or have you never watched <laughs> I've it? I've never watched it for pleasure. Oh, okay. That, that makes more sense, yes. Um, I've never watched it as I'm going to watch this show. Okay. I have watched chunks of it for, yep. you know, research purposes to write yep. questions. should just for... message me. <laughs> oh, we had, there were two girls in the office who were just like, all right, give me a rundown. What do I need to know? Um, <laughs> and they, they were great. Uh, and, you know, I didn't watch it for personal reasons in that I worked behind the bar in a pub in Melbourne that had drag shows and... Um, when you've worked with drag queens, you probably don't want to in inflict them on yourself for entertainment. <laughs> like it's it's as catty and shrill and annoying as you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. um, at least you can like drag race finishes after an hour. A six hour shift in a pub is six hours. <laughs> Uh, and they're only on stage for 20 minutes and the rest of the time they're harassing you about what's left on their drink card. Um, so <laughs> it was everything I imagined and a little bit worse. Uh but yeah. Also, it's weird. Like, uh, Drag Race essentially felt like a reboot of America's Next Top Model yeah. and Project Runway. Yeah. That's what it, was. it was a piss <laughs> At take. At the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was originally. It was a, a piss take and um, it's just taken off. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It just, it feels like that's all anyone talks about now. Like, all, oh, yeah. all my gay friends only have one topic of conversation. And I'm like, yeah. My conservative mother is binge watching drag race as we speak she's gone through from seasons eight to four, uh, 13 in the past couple of months has now wow. gone back to season one she's done holland uk australia and half of all stars oh wow and this is a woman who cannot look at two men kiss without wanting to vomit <laughs> or two women kiss without wanting to vomit so like I was saying, in, again, in the podcast I was at earlier today, that the show will pat itself on the back a lot for that sort of thing, for breaking grounds or, mm. or whatnot. But I'm actually watching it live, watching this 70-plus-year-old lady who um, would normally have not voted for Daniel Andrews if not for him being a fucking legend, so now <laughs> she will be, and not for vo not voting for Scott Morrison. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's how weird is that? 
what world are we living in? So yeah, no, it's strange. And I, but that's common. I hear that from a lot of gay men. I really yeah. do. I think it's just you know I lived through it, so I don't need to watch it for fun. Yeah, I understand that. Now yeah. I'm a cold hard bitch, so I don't laugh at anybody. But has <laughs> anyone ever peed themselves at one of your shows? Uh, possibly. I mean, possibly. Wim- women of a certain age enjoy my uh, comedy, and after childbirth, things get a bit loose. So, yeah. very <laughs> probably. <laughs> just the law of averages. It's bound to have happened at some point. The yeah. first person I ever made pee with laughter was my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I made her piss herself on a trampoline. <laughs> I'm so glad that's you, not me. Uh, have you ever made anyone cry? Yeah, my like my first ever comedy festival show was called Tragedy and like people died in it. <laughs> Including my mother. Um like, in the so, show or in the audience? In the content of the show. My oh, mom, okay. Yep, yep. My mama died the year before. Um, oh, okay. I'm sorry. So yeah. And look, let me just say a warning to anyone who thinks that they're gonna air their trauma the year after it happens, night after night for a month at a comedy festival. It's not a good idea psychologically. <laughs> <laughs> Try having a podcast weekly, mate. Oh, you do. I know I do. Daily, <laughs> daily podcast. Daily, yeah. daily podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, people cried at that. Uh, and then I did another show a few years later about change and when things kind of go ways you don't expect. And that made a few people emotional. Um, but yeah, it's it's happened. Like, But that's always been my favourite kind of comedy is, you know, my favourite comedic moment is the moment in Steel Magnolias <laughs> when <laughs> when Olympia Jakarkas goes, hit Weezer! Like, it's just, like, it's a really tearful moment and then it's the funniest thing in the world and that, for me, is peak comedy, is when yeah. you have comedy and tragedy all wrapped up in one moment. I love yeah. that stuff, so. Jerking yeah. your audience back and forth. Yeah, so it has happened. Uh- <laughs> now, Evan, did you have any questions? Oh, God, I probably did a while ago. Um, I've got one written here that's got your name on it and I meant to message you with another one so I'm going to have to read that out myself but uh, there's only two more that I've got here no no I was more more yeah didn't want to bother him with uh with Doctor Who oh no please do stuff you do enough Doctor Who stuff no I love it well then in in Evan's voice what would a Doctor Who musical sound like Oh, electronic and strange and yeah. just b- berserk. Um, possibly with no vocals, like. <laughs> and and bigger on the inside. Yeah, way bigger on the inside. <laughs> we had a singing dialect once on Spicks and Specs because we had Antoinette Halloran, who's a, been a long time guest on Spicks and Specs. She was the featured vocalist when they did the Doctor Who uh, concert tour with the yeah. MSO. Um, and so we brought that up and she was just like, you know, she loved it and how much fun it was. And yeah, so we got her to do a duet of Endless Love with a Dalek. <laughs> I think I remember you got that. Like a, a full nerd who'd built his own Dalek come in and our yeah. executive oh, producer sang it through the ring modulator. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, uh, if anything, I was wondering, like with all the time you do research for Hard Chat, not Hard Chat. Sorry, hard quiz. Hard quiz. <laughs> um, yeah. Does all that just kind of, do you absorb all that information and you end up a smarter person by having to do all that research or does it just get forgotten and then next week it's the next lot of research? 
Um, okay. My sister, well, my mother used to call me a know-it-all uh, as a child. Uh, <laughs> bloody know-it-all. Yeah. And my sister said, well, I'm glad you've managed to turn being a know-it-all into a job. Uh, but because Hard Quiz is based in Melbourne and I live in Sydney, so I would, my sister lives in Melbourne, so I'd spend a lot of time with her when, I was, mm-hmm. when we were shooting and stuff. And she got quite sick of the phrase, did you know? Because I would come home from work every day, like, oh my God, did you know? She's like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, um, a lot of it stays in there. Like, it just depends what's interesting. I guess that, you know, what we do at Hard Quiz is we try to find stories and we write the questions around stories. So essentially what we're writing are tiny little narratives. Mm. Yeah. So that when you hear the answer, it feels like you've heard a whole a whole story in like one question, or that it leads to a story that the expert can tell us about their expert topic. And yeah, finding fascinating things about these berserk topics. Like someone came in with the topic of <laughs> Australian vintage washing machines. Right. Oh my god! I'm not inviting that person to my party. <laughs> He's a delight. You would love him. So then you you have to scramble to become a bit of an expert on that yeah. in order to write questions for it. Yeah, and finds like my first my first full topic I had to write in the first season was about the human body. Um, I know, tiny little topic. How am I gonna and. <laughs> The contestant was a doctor, was a GP. So I'm like, oh, great. They've had seven years Mm -hmm. of school learning about the human body plus, you know, 10 years or something of practical experience. And I've got 24 hours (laughs) to come up with questions that would stump them. And I managed because I'm clever. Um, But, you know, but also trying to find stories in it. Like one of my favorite stories was, the question was, what is the the medical term borborygmy refers to what in the human body um and borborygmy is a greek term which means tummy rumbles and okay. it's literally onomatopoeia from ancient greece it's borborygmy because that's the no- that's the right. noise it makes <laughs> when your stomach rumbles it's and an it's still yeah it's borborygmy it's like it, it is what it sounds like it's tummy rumbles yeah. uh borborygmy <laughs> Like, I love these funny little things that we find out in the show. So, yeah, some of it stays with me. That one did. (laughs) That was from season one. But some of it flies out of your head. (laughs) Depends. I I had no idea it was on TV. I haven't turned my TV on to network TV in 10 years. the highest rating shows in the country. Thank you very much. No, I'm very proud and I'm happy for you. My, My family watch it. Tom, Tom won a gold Logie and is currently carryover champion because yeah. they cancelled the next one. <laughs> I, I have a point. I'm not insulting you for nothing, I promise. But I checked it out on YouTube, yep. obviously, in the lead up to this. Mm. And I was sitting, I was like, those bitches, this is my show. He's, he's being fun. a bitch to his, his oh, guests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's trivia. And it's so trivia. I'm coming after your job, Adam. <laughs> Please do. Like, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. I got. I got to admit, I do love. Uh, I have seen plenty of plenty of hard quiz here and there. You know, come and go. Yeah. But I love yeah. it when they hit a subject that you know I think I know, and you know, yeah. and it'll be you know, it's like no, it was you know, it was um freaking Magneto did that to Wolverine, not not Professor X. You're an idiot. Mm. You know, when I know something that guy doesn't, it it just yeah. makes all of us feel better about ourselves. It does. You know what? One of my favorite type of questions to write is um, the one where it's something we all think we know, but I found out that what we think is just a commonly held misconception. Like, the, like mm. you know, they never said, beam me up, Scotty, ever. 
once in Star Trek. It was like Scotty, energized, Scotty, you know, like it was never beam me up Scotty as a as a full sentence was never said. Yeah. Or or three to beam up or Yeah. Like like someone came on the other day with the topic of uh supermodels, I think it was. And there was a question about uh Linda Evangelista um saying I wouldn't get out of bed for less than ten thousand dollars a day. And the actual quote was I wouldn't wake up for less than ten thousand dollars a day. Yeah, right. <laughs> but because everyone's heard it as get out of bed. So I love those little like things where you go, No, no, that's not that's just what yeah. you thought the that was. Mm. The real fact is something else entirely. <laughs> Doesn't um played again, Sam was never said yeah. in Casablanca. Yeah, and yet it's such a common thing. Yeah. yeah. It comes and from look, years of comedians doing that. terrible impressions of uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's this thing in, in this house where, because they watch um, the parents and they're very much, with, as and the 11, my nephew as well, um, when they get a question right, mm. they will pat each other on the back and be like, oh, wow, how did you know that one? And like the other day, I got a, a question on caudal fins. Mm. Do we do you know what a caudal fin is? Go, tell Sounds me. Sounds like a whale. Exactly. <laughs> I did. It's the tail fin on a fish, right? Oh, so I'm shouting out the answer. And then I had mm. to say, geez, Aaron, how did you know that one? Good work, son. <laughs> <laughs> and I do it all the time. And like last night I was on a roll with, um, what was it? Uh, millionaire. And like the question came up, uh, queen cat caramel and uh, Saint somebody, the question came up, I'm shouting Jude. Yeah. I've never read that fucking book in my no. life. I've never seen the fucking TV show in my life. How did I know that question? Because you've seen it at the shops. But do you think anybody validated me no. and patted me on the head and said, very good, Aaron, you're a moron, but you've got something <laughs> right for a change. Do no, but know, I love I love quiz shows. Do you know one of my favourite facts that will not leave my head is, because um, you mentioned fish and it popped in, is yeah. that the skin of a shark is made up entirely of teeth? Yeah. I knew that because I wrote a book where the antagonists are sharks. Yeah. yeah. So I think I've described even, that. Like yeah. all those teeth in the mouth and even their skin is teeth. Yep. Like they have enamel, they have pulp, they're called dermal denticles. Um, mm -hmm. Under an electron microscope, they look like scales, but they're shaped. Yep. But they're, they're like teeth. The thinking is they might bite each other during coitus. <laughs> <laughs> and so they need basically something as strong as the teeth that are trying to bite into them. To teeth of vibranium to stop them being bitten. Adamantium. Yeah. All right. Last question. What has been your best or worst audience? Um, best and worst. Sorry. So best your, your and best worst. audience. So they've loved it, or your worst audience that made you want to quit? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say best and worst. My toughest audience. Like yeah. I had a kind of blessed run for about eighteen months when I first started. Like because I did raw comedy and got on the telly and stuff like really early on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I started when I was 25, like Madonna. Uh, <laughs> but I was in Edinburgh and all of my material wasn't working. It just was no, terrible. No. Yeah. And I was hosting this show. Carl Barron was headlining. But the the weirdly like, you know, I was it was terrible and I hated it. But the... Like the audience interactions were hilarious. Like I was having a really good time chatting to people and yep. it was just that I was inexperienced and I didn't know that I could just abandon my material. It was not going, you know, I know yep. now if people aren't going with something that I 
can pivot. We've all pivoted. We've all pivoted so much in this fucking pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic of pivoting. Um, but yeah, uh, that was probably the. But again, you know, even bad gigs are a learning experience. Like there's, it's like I, I've taught people to do stand up before, and you know, people always want to know the secret of crowd work. How do you do crowd work? And I'm like, you fail. Like the only way to get better at dealing with crowds is to be shit at it. So yeah, the only way to learn to walk is to fall flat on your face exactly. first. So it's like, you know, you'll talk to someone in the audience, they'll say something, you won't have anything very good to say back. And then as you're driving home from the gig, you'll be like, oh, you know what I should have said? I should have said this. But the next time you talk to someone, someone else will say the same thing mm. and you'll be pre-armed with the thing you should have said last time. <laughs> yeah. That's what doing a podcast is like. It's yeah. like I finished the one a couple of hours ago and I'm like, shit, I should have said that. And oh my God, that joke I left out. And You'll, you'll say it in a different podcast in another form someday. Well, yeah, because that podcast is back to the movies and they call it BTTM podcast, which I call bottom podcast. <laughs> and obviously now we're doing ZZ Top and I have never felt more versatile in my life. <laughs> I'm glad that landed because that was Z a written joke too. ZZ topping. <laughs> did I say ZZ or ZZ? No, you said ZZ. <laughs> I did, oh, I hate myself now. 50 lashes. You'll never get a job on the ABC. <laughs> no. no any, more, any more questions, Evan? Because we, we won't keep Adam any longer. No, no, he laughed no, his head off whole time. I'm, Thank God. Thank fuck. I think we think we've bothered him enough. Yes. I, I, I didn't really get a sense of, um, Aaron, how much... And what you loved about Bat Boy. Like, you just did your little intro. Oh, he loves everything just because they sing in it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> crazy. I love the songs. I love the idea behind it. But no, I, I like, there's even a scene we didn't mention that were children, children. And that's sung by Pan, as in the, the Greek mm -hmm. figure, mm -hmm. Pan. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, so there's all these mythological creatures. So I don't know how that's not crazy to you guys. Um, I think it's not. And I think it's very explicit that that's what's going on. It's not. I didn't actually know until a couple of years yeah. ago when I, I did finally read, because I like I listened to this CD a lot over the past 20 years or so, mm. um, but only a few years ago did I read the, um, the, the, you know, the plot of it and things yeah. fell into place for me as well because I've never seen it live. However, I did audition for it, which was the last audition I went for. Um, and I chose to sing the Flesh Failures slash Let the Sunshine In from Hair because mm -hmm. someone who hasn't auditioned for something in five years should really fucking sing that song for an audition, yeah, like a wanker. But anyways, like theatre, as you would know, they don't call you unless you get in. Yeah. Right? And I'm sitting at home, totally unassuming, and the phone rings and knock on my door. Aaron, it's it's the theatre company. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got in. <laughs> How the f no fucking way did that happen? And I get on the phone and, and the guy goes, hey, just letting you know that we've cancelled the production because we're digging the theatre out. Oh. They're doing renovations on the theatre. So that 10 seconds, I got into Bat Boy. That's a good 10 seconds. That was a great, that was the best 10 <laughs> seconds of my life. Oh, I would never forget it and uh, wish you'd call me again. But no, they haven't redone the production since. So I'm starting to think that they did and they just didn't tell me. And they no. they renovated the theatre company or the theatre. <laughs> um, but it's like a 165-year-old 
tall. It's really old. That's a dangerous yeah. renovation. It is. That's, so, that's an asbestos hellhole. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they didn't just like rebuild it. Or I guess they've got the the whole historical. Oh, there'd be thing. yeah, there'd be a heritage overlay. Probably... Heritage. That's the word I'm looking for. It would just... cost a mint to even yeah. It's, no, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. I've oh, watched thanks. your career for that many that many years and um i'm sorry about that yeah. <laughs> sorry to keep in, in imposing myself on your lounge room well that, that's why i invited you on this show to get my fucking revenge finally <laughs> god the nonsense you've put me through i mean celebrity dog school come on no i'm kidding i, I didn't watch it because i don't watch tv yeah. once lost finished that was it i'm like no more tv for me see you later oh i loved lost yeah. so much oh me too <laughs> mate you have no idea how obsessed i am yeah, I switched off mainstream TV and like my TV's on. Yeah, <laughs> my TV's on. connected to the laptop. No, there is. It's a laptop, so I've actually got the image of all the guests as just a screen. But oh, quite cool. often, I'll put a fireplace on there, like a, a YouTube oh, fireplace. Oh yeah, I know those. They're cute. Yeah, aren't they beautiful? Or um, I'll just have whatever up on on the screen. Or editing. It's good for editing. But either way, I'm. It's either that or I've got the Xbox on and I'm playing Ark. But you've really got to, you've got to try out that it's game. It's on it's... sale on the PlayStation Store Is this it? week, so maybe I'll have been dope. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called on on Xbox? It's on Game Pass, so it's been free. Oh yeah, um, I've got I've got Game Pass on my computer. I could probably get it on that. Yeah, it's it's on that. So yeah, get it and and let yeah. me know because I've been dying to breed dinosaurs with somebody. Oh, that sounds very. That's not okay. That's a bad sentence. <laughs> I didn't say breed with some dinosaurs. I said breed dinosaurs with somebody. Thank you very much. No, it's fine. Breed dinosaurs. You breed the gayest dinosaurs ever. It is like the the Liberace of Velociraptors in that game. I tell you that because there's like six or seven color regions, and so a mutation, the color change will happen in one of those regions. So yeah, you get multicolored. But anyways, it's not about Ark. Unfortunately, where can people find you on the social medias? At Adam Richard on Instagram and Twitter and fabulous Adam Richard on Facebook. Yeah, I do love your um, Twitter bio description. It's just, just fabulous. Just That's fabulous. all you need to know. Yes. It's hard quizzes coming back, I believe. Uh, yeah, in about three weeks. I think there's repeats on at the moment. Um, yeah. Just while the Olympics are on, probably. Uh, <laughs> or whenever this episode comes out, I don't know. Uh, but if, hard quiz... if the Olympics happen. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, Hard Quiz uh, will be running until uh, the end of the year uh, mm-hmm. on the ABC and iView. So, Plus there's, you know, years worth on iView if you want to dip back yeah. in. They're always yes. fun. Mm. Yes, I've uh, oh. checked out a couple of episodes and I, I yeah, as I say, I quite enjoyed it. That's because it's like, it's, you know, that's mm. always the, the secret of a good quiz show is to have fun mm. on top of the quiz. Like the quiz needs to be... But absolutely <laughs> robust and the facts mm-hmm. need to be true um but then all the fun around it needs to also be enjoyable and it's a hard it's a hard thing to it's a hard balance to get right mm. yeah and i don't think that one with the coins down this thing that gambling one or whatever it's called <laughs> i don't fucking know <laughs> Connect the family four, watches the it. giant Connect Four. <laughs> not, not it. No, it's the one where you put the coin down and it will go like back and forth and then knock yeah, the yeah, things yeah. and the oh. thing knocks the things down. The, and the it's the gambling the wall? Was it thing. called the wall? 
Something like that. Yeah, I don't some, know. That that's like right. Deal or No Deal. I never really understood Deal or No Deal. It was just shouting at suitcases. It was very strange. <laughs> I did. I did a stint. Did a stint of watching Deal or No Deal for a while. I, I, I still yeah. don't know how it works. I'm. I'm going to apply, and my um my my topic is going to be the Toniston Tales. <laughs> Your own. Freaking... Try beating me, bitches. <laughs> I wrote the fucking books. We had a guy come on who wanted to do his own poetry as a topic. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that, but for someone to actually, oh my God, yeah. what we, world we, do we live in? He ended up doing uh, Australian epiphytic orchids and he was amazing. Oh, was he? Oh. Yeah. yeah. See, he I, was I'd always, I would always be too worried. Like I'd pick something like uh, Nemesis the Warlock as my topic oh. and... And then get humiliated because I didn't know something. You know that would that would suck. Yeah, no, that would really. I mean, suck. I would love that, but it would be hard work for me to explain to a producer what that was <laughs> and with, that it should be on the show. <laughs> Just come in, and come in, you know, in a Torquemada hat. You know, <laughs> that'd be epic. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. You, we it you'd you'd get moved into a topic that was broader. And just mm. the walk. <laughs> less likely shame. to get you kicked and your lunch money stolen. <laughs> That's true. By me. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, thank you very thank much you. again. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Um, you know, can, can... thanks for indulging my terrible <laughs> musical. <laughs> no, that was that was wonderful. I um, I forced a few laughs out, so it's on record. I laughed. I know because it was a joke about musicals. <laughs> yes, it's something I understood. Yeah, on you my got level. all of the references. Sometimes when I'd be doing it on stage, people just look at me bewildered, like, "What is happening here?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and to you at home, we shall see you next time. Who wrote? Thanks. Awesome. That was that fun. Was an episode. Thank you. Yes, I hope so. Like, like so.